Hello, City Church. This is City Church Together for Tuesday, October the 19th. Today we're going to be back in Proverbs. This is going to be Proverbs chapter 13. And our reading today is the second half from verse 13 to 25. Um, But again, we are in what I call the fortune cookie section of Proverbs. Um, And so uh, I want to just take three of these verses from here, read them. And then uh, we will talk about their interconnectedness and what the Lord has for us. So the first one, Proverbs 13, look at verse 18, Proverbs 13, 18. It says, poverty and disgrace come to those who ignore discipline, but the one who accepts correction will be honored. And then verse 20, the one who walks with the wise will become wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. And then look down in verse 24. The one who will not use the rod hates his son, but the one who loves him disciplines him diligently. That is the word of the Lord from Proverbs 12. Now, let's explain those a bit. The reason why I grabbed those three verses from this section is because they have a similar theme, and that is... um, Uh, remember on Friday, we talked about the idea of the wicked and the righteous and the wicked always going for temporary while the righteous, uh, temporary in the moment. uh, So in the moment, things feel, seem better, but in the long run, everything falls apart. Well, the righteous are, are depicted the opposite in the Proverbs. The righteous don't get the temporary, um, in-the-moment sort of pleasure. In fact, it can sometimes be suffering or it takes perseverance or patience, but in the long run, the righteous have something that lasts a long time and turns out to be worth it, okay? So we see that enacted here in um, something that temporarily feels bad to us, but in the long run is for our good. And we often try to preserve ourselves from that temporary pain, but it does not work out for us. So this is yet again another another thing in this pattern of, um, of speaking New Testament now, cross before crown. Okay, so um, verse 18 talks about how poverty and disgrace come to those who ignore discipline. Okay, so what is the short-term gain for um, what is sort of being implied here as the foolish? So what's the short-term gain for the foolish? Foolish are defined as those who ignore discipline, which means the short-term gain for the foolish who ignore discipline is, ah, you don't have to face criticism. You don't have to face the uh, the uncomfortableness of constraint. All right, so discipline here, think of, um, one, you can think of discipline as um, punitive, like, oh, you're in trouble, you get a spanking, okay? And I think there is something that's in play there, but more importantly, uh, discipline at its core is about forming us. It is Discipline is, is sort of constraints or restraints or recorrections that come into our life in order to form us into something good. And just like um, if you were, um, uh, think about a cast on your leg. So if you break your leg, you put a cast on it. Why? You put a cast on it so that it for- the bone, as it regrows, forms right, and it is not disturbed. Now, 
You might think, I don't want to cast on my leg because that thing's going to be itchy and it's going to be a pain in the neck and it's going to look stupid and I'm going to have to, you know, put a plastic bag over it when it rains and I'm, you know, I, 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 I won't be able to ever scratch down there and it's going to be nasty and it might get sweaty. There are a thousand reasons not to want to cast, but we go through, because our doctor recommends, we go through the temporary discipline of putting a cast on a broken bone because we see the long-term effects of it. And I want to walk again. Um, in other words, in other words, we put constraints on ourselves now in the temporary, or we allow constraints to come on ourselves now in the temporary in order to form us where will we where we will be free later. Because if I reject the temporary constraint of a cast on my foot, later, guess what? I can't run. I'm hobbled. And so other constraints. In other words, at some point, constraints are going to come on you. The question is, will you take them in a smaller version now in order to be free later, which is to live into your calling, or will you switch it around and say, I'm not going to have a cast now, and I want that thing bothering me, and then not be able to walk later. Okay, so poverty and disgrace come to those who ignore discipline. In other words, people will say, no, don't give me the cast. No, don't challenge me. No, don't tell me I'm wrong about anything. Eventually, poverty and disgrace will come. But the one who, listen to this, accepts correction will be honored. Does it stink to be corrected? It absolutely does. You know what? Because if somebody comes and corrects you, that means that you have to admit that you're wrong or that I'm wrong. I hate that. I don't know about y'all. I, I do not like to admit that I'm wrong. It's really hard thing to do. Because at my core, what's happened in that moment is I feel like my identity is being sort of um, messed with. You're wrong about this. Well, I thought I was right about this, and therefore I thought I was this kind of person. Um, you know, uh, to bring you into my world, um, I don't want you to correct what I said, you know, say from the pulpit, because I, I think of myself as a good preacher. And if a good, what do good preachers do? Well, good preachers, they preach accurately. They preach accurate things. And if you're saying something I said wasn't accurate, oh no, I'm not a good preacher anymore. My whole identity is collapsing. Okay. So that is that verse. But it says if we accept correction, if we're willing to listen to the truth and take it in and mull it over, eventually we will be honored. That's the long-term thing that comes. All right, take a look at verse 20 now. The one who walks with the wise will become wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. Okay, so now we're talking about how do I become the kind of person that accepts correction? Well, very simply, I live life with people who readily accept correction. That's the wise. I live a lot. I watch it happen around me. That's, that's why you're affected by wise people. Oh, man, what... Man, I saw that guy accept correction. I saw it had changed him. I saw how he, how he didn't freak out when somebody confronted him. And now look at him. Man, he made adjustments and repented. Um, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. Well, according to the verse, you know, that we just read, how will how will fools suffer harm? Well, they're never going to put themselves around wise people. They're never going to see that, which means they're always going to act like a fool acts, according to Proverbs, which is going for the short-term temporary, can I get something now? Can I avoid correction because it feels real bad to be correction corrected? Can I avoid discipline because it feels real bad to be disciplined? I don't want that. Well, you can, but you will end up with poverty and disgrace instead of honor. You will end up um, suffering harm instead of becoming wise yourself and teaching others. And then the last verse that we covered is on the same theme. The one who will not use the rod hates his son, but the one who loves him disciplines him gently. Now we're talking about 
that we've just been addressed is what happens if you avoid discipline. Now it is what is your responsibility to give discipline. And here's the interesting thing. Giving discipline or playing a formative role in someone else's life is hard to do. Um, let's stick with what it's talking about here in Proverbs. That is di- uh, parents disciplining their children. You know what? A lot of times disciplining my children, even if it's not punishment, I'm just talking about even positive discipline that's formative, it eats into my schedule. It has me do something I don't want to do. I have to, um, recently I made my, um, uh, I set all of our boys down and we're, you know, doing a thing. By the way, guys, um, uh, your pastor has tried a million different things in parenting. And so I was trying a million and one just a few days ago. All right. So, I, I sat down on my computer and I sort of made up, we're doing this thing now where, where um, I am asking them um, the night before, by 9 p.m., they have to give me a schedule where they plan out um, the next day's activities, not all of them, but just in four, sort of four different areas, or I think five different areas, spiritual health, physical health. Um, I'm trying to think of the other ones. I can't even remember them right now, but spiritual health, physical health, uh, relational health, um, and some basic things like when are you going to have a 10 minute conversation where you ask me and your mother, Hey, what's going on with you guys? And we can ask, Hey, what's going on with you? Um, I just want them to plan that into their day. Okay. So I had to, I'm wrestling with this on Monday because I have to sit down and like think this out. And I'm like, I don't want to do this on my day off, but it requires short-term discipline. Also, you know what happens? And parents, you know this. Once you enact a plan like that, guess what you have to do? And this is really difficult. Follow through. You have to follow through. Nobody wants to follow through. That's why, all, yeah, um, hello, anybody ever done a chore chart? You know, you put the chore chart up on the fridge and you're real gung-ho about it and then four days later, nobody's really paying attention to the chore chart. It's just this colored magnet thing that sits up on your fridge. Yes, because you have to follow through. And that takes away from self. That takes away from me sort of giving to me because I have to follow through with this. And then when things are broken and you said, oh, well, if you do this, then this is going to happen, then you have to follow through with that. And sometimes that's a major inconvenience. Like, um, I'm going to take your car away. Well, now you have to drive them everywhere, okay? So I'm speaking as a dad of kids that drive, all right? Yes, giving discipline is itself a discipline. Giving discipline to someone else is, you know, if you teach, it will change you. If you try to form someone else, it will, it will make you look at your life and go, man, do I live like that? I'm asking this person to live like that. Do I live like that? So we will avoid even giving discipline to others because it's not pleasant. In this case, it's not pleasant to give a spanking, okay, as, as we might say here. It's not pleasant to do that. But the, uh, by the way, I am not saying anything about spanking, okay, whether I support it or not, just in case you're wondering that, I'm just going to the thing that quickly, that most quickly came to my mind, all right? So just tre- Trevor is, holds no position on this podcast today about whether or not children should be spanked or not. So run off and be free. All right, but the one who loves him disciplines him diligently. So we with our children, or this, this applies like if you think, you know, spiritual children, like I'm a mentor in the church and I want to mentor someone else. Like it's going to put me out. It's going to be temporary loss to give someone else long-term gain. So not even in giving discipline, it's not like we, you know, we sit in this position. We're like, this is so fun and I love doing this. No, it all takes temporary loss for long-term gain. And that, that just fits with the cross and resurrection. It, it fits with everything Jesus teaches about the kingdom of God. 
And so my reaction to this is, man, I want to, so what's our application is like, man, I want to hang around wise people. Well, how do you know who wise people are? Um, look, look for people who are taking short-term losses for, um, short-term losses, doing unpleasant things so that they can be shaped into something better. That's part of being wise. And know that, um, man, the difficulty that comes into your life in the short term for being faithful to who God calls us to be as parents, as mentors, as, um, <laughs> as children, as mentees, like, yes, man, it, it can be difficult, but it is the payout is incredible. It is worth it in the end to be a person of honor, um, which you're always a person of honor if you are following in Jesus's footsteps, if you are listening to Jesus's gospel and obeying it. And so let's be silent now and pray. Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for loving us. And in Hebrews 12, it talks about the discipline that you give to us as a father. And you shape us. You form us. In fact, your shaping and forming of us had to come through a cross and a resurrection and a giving out of your Holy Spirit. And that was painful. It was difficult. It was long, arduous work. And yet you forsook the temporary to go on the long haul journey with us to shape us into people who could live with you forever in peace, shalom, harmony, and beauty. Thank you for that. Our inner self is being renewed day by day and said today we have a piece of that kingdom of God that is coming and we will now live it out and we will walk with the wise and we will live honorable lives and we will commit ourselves to helping uh, to being conduits of the Holy Spirit that form other people into disciples of Jesus. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. City Church, go and multiply the gospel.